I am in San Diego in the shower studios, and I'm actually going to not be recording from here very much longer because I've decided to move in Los Angeles, though. Um, Leaving the old place I lived in Los Angeles, moving to another place. It's uh, more spacious for Rocky, and I think it'll be a great thing, but... Of course, I was. I went to go see the place, and it would be very on brand for me to, of course, ask the person showing it to me. So, does this place have any ghosts? And he like looked at me, and he was like, uh, "No." The way he looked, the way he looked at me, the way he said it was so funny. Like, I don't think he's ever been asked that before. But I'm just like, listen, if I'm gonna be living here, this is who you're gonna be dealing with, and that is what I do. So hopefully he is right. Hopefully there are no ghosts in my new home, and I will be moving there the next mm, week and a half or so. So a little busy at the time, but I will be having my own new little studio in my new home in Los Angeles. I talked to Katrina Weidman, who I absolutely adore. I worship. I think she's the best in the biz, and I think she's just so fun to talk to. She's been on the show already, and she's coming back on today's episode, and we get into a lot of stuff. She actually answers some questions for me and clears up some things, at least gives me insight on some things that I've been wondering about the afterlife for a while now. And, um, you know, if you're also a fan of the Travel Channel and paranormal shows, another one that I am such a fan of is Ghost Brothers, which is the first all-black cast of uh, ghost hunters on a show in that uh, genre of television. And it's been on for a couple of years, but the reason I bring it up is because I spoke to Dalen Spratt from the show uh, just today I spoke to him and that will be posted in a couple of weeks I've got uh, a number of interviews that are uh, recorded at the at the moment but uh, we'll be posting that soon so look out for that and if you haven't seen that show I love it because they have really great senses of humor and that show is almost equal parts comedy and a paranormal show, which are, you know, two of my favorite things. And uh, so we we have a bit in common in our approach in that sense. But also we really get into a conversation about representation on television and in the paranormal world and how important that is. And so we have a a cool conversation. And so I hope you, if you haven't seen that show, you go check it out and then you'll know a little bit more about uh, what we're talking about because he also brings some good ghost stories that they talk about on that show. All right. Today, back again for her second appearance on Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez. 
the wonderful Katrina Wideman. On with the show! Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, I am joined today by the best eyeshadow in the business. She does it herself. She's incredible from portals to hell. We've got Katrina Weidman here. Hello. Hello. How are <laughs> I like, you? I like that intro. I'm, I'm, good. Still, I'm still obsessed with the fact that you do your own makeup and it looks so gorgeous. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. I. Well, it's funny because I. that was the only drawing I could ever do that was any good. And then I worked at a salon for a number of years, like through high school, and um, then I went to school for theater. So, you know, that's part of your training. And then I did some independent studying with some people for makeup, and I worked briefly as a makeup artist here and there. Um, so it's just, I, I just love it. It's so much fun, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I love makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Makeup and theater. That's why I think that's why I'm drawn to you. Like I, I, I didn't know that until the last time we chatted last year when mm. you're on this show that you're like a theater, a former theater person and yeah. makeup person, and then in the paranormal. And I was like, oh, that's why. That yeah. explains <laughs> what it is. I knew there was something about her. Yeah, <laughs> we can always like spot each other. Or, like you're I into theater, so. right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, how have you been? What is what have the past few months been like for you? Oh man. Well, yeah. So it's funny because normally I'm not home for half of the year, and sure. um, you know, so this is the first time I've been home this long in a really long time, which is nice. Honestly, there's there's some nice perks about it. Like I'm finally unpacking after. <laughs> I don't know how many years that I've lived in my house. Um, and uh, it's kind of nice to have that downtime a little bit. Um, but I think I'm in, I'm in the same boat as everybody else where everything going on right now is it's so much to take in and process. And it's, it's overwhelming and scary and sad and anxious and, um, you know, just trying to figure out what is our new normal. Right. Um, well, especially so. with ghost hunting and like, you know, traveling and going to different places, it's not, you know, there's a lot of TV shows that are going to be able to, you know, quarantine and then mm -hmm. film in a studio, but with ghost hunting, you got to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a challenge, you know, we've been, we've been home since March. Um, and, you know, everyone's just trying to figure out how to move forward. And it's, it's tough, you know, because we're definitely, I mean, we're still in a spot in our country where, um, things aren't settled yet as yeah. far as, you know, numbers and all that stuff. So it definitely, definitely puts a lot of challenges in our work for sure. Yeah. Cause we actually had Jack on a couple of months ago and he was mm -hmm. saying that you guys, um, you still have more that you're going to shoot this season, right? Yeah, we have, um, I think eight episodes left to go. <gasps> Can you tell us where? Oh, no, I can't. And actually, funny enough, because of the uh, the pandemic, I don't even know if, you know, we, I think our locations that we had lined up before have to change, um, right. or at least some of them anyway, you know, just because of logistics and stuff. Um, so I don't, I don't even have like an update on exactly <laughs> what those are. So. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the unknown. Yeah, yeah, right. 
<laughs> well, Jack, Jack was saying that he had he's been having ghosts come to him as he shelters mm-hmm. in places. Has that happened to you at all? Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's funny. The place I live now, I, I've had a few things happen here and there, but I don't think where I live now is haunted. Um, so I think maybe maybe the few things that I've had happen. I don't know if it's like just the fluke thing or if it's explainable or maybe something does visit me. Um, you know, I guess it depends on who you talk to, but Jack for sure has had things happen. And, uh, we, we've talked about it a lot, like what, what his experiences have been and why they might be happening. So, um, it's interesting. Do, do, has thing, have things ever followed you home? Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. The first time, the first time it happened that I, I clearly remember that I was aware of it. Um, and it's funny because I was living in a townhouse at the time and it was the first place I had ever lived in at that point where I felt completely comfortable. And it was living there that I realized, oh, every other place I lived in, I've never felt comfortable because I had never experienced it before. And you mean I, because they were haunted? Yeah, there was always, because um, the houses I grew up in had energy to them. There were, there were things we experienced in both of those houses. Right. And then, um, you know, when I moved out and went to college, uh, my one apartment that I lived in for like three years always had little weird things happening. And it, and it wasn't anything so like crazy or scary, but it was just like, huh, there's really no logical reason why that would have happened. So I had constantly always lived in these places that had at least some something, even if it was small. And I moved into this townhouse where nothing, like it just felt so good and calm and like I never felt uncomfortable. And I noticed that all these little habits I had picked up along the way that I didn't even realize I was doing stopped when I moved into that, into that townhouse. And like, you know, things like got to turn on the light right away. got to kind of scuttle into a, to a room because I don't feel comfortable with my back to the hallway. Got to sing to myself really loudly because I don't want to hear what else is happening. That's me Um, jumping on my bed because I'm afraid (laughs) something's going to (laughs) crack. And, um, it started to change. Um, I don't know how long I was living there, but we, we had gone on a case And it is a case that I think many investigators would label as demonic. And we did work with religious leaders on that case because um, everything was kind of pointing towards there was something that was going on that wasn't explainable in any other way. And um, to the point where, I mean, we, we had vetted this person's psychologist, even this, their psychologist spoke to us and was like, I don't really have an answer for all these things that are happening to them. And um, so we worked on that case and, you know, afterwards I started noticing my habits started to return and I, you know, I guess you could maybe speculate, oh, well, it's gotta be, it must've been in your head, blah, 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 blah. Well, maybe, but you know, I was also doing that for a really long time at that point. And I think I've been really good at being objective and kind of leaving my personal belief systems at the door and all that stuff. And then other things started to happen in my house that wasn't just subjective, you know, and, and the, the one that I remember, it was such a shift that I remember I woke up in the middle of the night or I had already been up. I'm a night owl usually. And I went downstairs to get like a drink of water and it was the early hours of the morning. And it was this overwhelming sense that somebody was staring at me and to the point, like almost like a bully, you know, kind of staring you down. 
And it, it was to the point of me checking the windows, checking the doors, because I was so sure that somebody had eyes on me. And I was like, okay, well, that's odd, but I'll put it out of my head. And then after that, other things started happening in my house, which again, I had never experienced in that house before. And the last thing that happened was I was sleeping in my room or I was lying down, sorry, trying to go to bed and I was alone and I heard this heavy breathing in my ear like somebody was next to me breathing in the ear. And I, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't even to the point where I was like dozing off to sleep. Like I was awake, you know, um, I was just lying there trying to relax. And when I spoke to my colleagues about it, I was just like, I think something's happening in my house. You know, their, their advice was to ignore it. They're like, just ignore it and it'll go away. And it lasted, um, it lasted for a little bit, but it did eventually go away. And, um, yeah, so that was the time I know for sure something, something was off because there was such a shift. Now, when we think about these like demonic energies, um, that's what I'm, I I mean, we're all, I feel like nobody actually knows a hundred percent what that could be, but it's like, it's so interesting that they can a lot of times talk, they can breathe. It's like, they're kind of human, but were they ever Mm-hmm. what's your understanding of that? So I, and I'm so glad you brought it up because that's something I remind people of all the time is that, you know, a haunting and demons and all that stuff is just one, one branch out of the paranormal umbrella. Right. And the paranormal means something that science has not been able to explain yet. Um, so it's very fringe science. It's all speculative. And so then where do we get these understandings of these terms and these definitions? And a lot of them come from people's um, personal experiences. Um, and they are also based off of religious uh, texts and cultural understandings. And what we have to keep in mind about humans, because we're so good at doing this, that we always want to explain things, right? Everything has to have a definition and an understanding. And um, so when we look historically at older cultures, we know that they came up with supernatural reasons for things that they didn't understand. And it wasn't that they weren't having these experiences. It's just, they didn't, they didn't fully understand the reasons behind them, Mm. you know? So I think we have to keep that in mind when we're currently having these experiences. So for me, I, I truly believe people do have experiences they can't explain. I've experienced it myself. I have things on camera. Um, I have seen complete skeptics go to complete believers. And um, so I do believe these things happen. But I do think we have to remain objective as, well, what does that mean? You know, I've been on investigations where they've been completely explainable, either through environmental reasons. Um, For example, I had a client where their heater was slowly leaking carbon carbon monoxide. Mm. So they were being slowly poisoned and having hallucinations. Um, You know, I've, I've met people that for sure are having psychological issues or emotional issues that are causing them to maybe think something is supernatural when it's not. Um, People that are having neurological issues. Um, So I think we absolutely have to take that all into account. At the same time, though, there are things that I don't think quite add up to that. So then what does that mean? <laughs> you know, yeah. and you know, you have to ask those questions. And I think, um, you know, 
at the end of the day, I do believe something's happening, but that we might not have the right definitions and reasons behind them. And then going back to what I said earlier, we humans will always blame something on the supernatural if we don't fully understand it. So yeah. even if we start getting these answers, does that mean that there's nothing supernatural going on? Not necessarily. Does that mean this isn't the afterlife? Not necessarily. It could be, but it might not be. You know, um, and it could be all of the above. And right. I think that's what's exciting about it is we really don't know. Um, but I know people all over the world for thousands of years have had these experiences. So even if it turned out to be, you know, neurological, even if it turned out to be environmental, it's still something happening. And, and when, you know, when you encounter something that you're like, I cannot explain this. Are mm -hmm. does your personality or you know you as a person do you go I don't understand this and that's okay or do you go I have to figure this out? Uh that's a really good question. Um it's it's a little bit of both. I think I'm stubborn by nature and I am a researcher by nature. Like it's my way to, I guess, gain control over chaos, you know, like mm -hmm. I have to research everything. Uh, so I think just by nature, I want to know the answers. Yeah. And I, I've had to definitely get to a point in my, in this work that I do of being okay with not having them because I don't know that we'll have them in this lifetime. Um, we might, or we might have some answers for some things, but I don't know that we'll have answers for everything. Um, and so it's really been learning to be okay with that and to know that even if I don't have the answers, you know, um, in my lifetime, maybe what we're doing now will help somebody else have the answers in their lifetime. Yeah. I mean, do you, what do you think it will take in this lifetime to mm. convince, I mean, of course, there's always going to be haters, but yeah. to convince a huge majority that it's 100%, like, here is some 100% proof. Like, what do you think that would even be? You know, that's, that's, you ask great questions. Um, oh, you. <laughs> you really do. Um, I, I think it's multifaceted, you know, because something that happens, which is interesting, um, is that when somebody has a piece of evidence, there will always be people that say, nope, not real. Um, so for example, when I worked on paranormal lockdown, I think one of the things that I, I still get, like I, like I have no answer for this at all. We, we captured on camera what we call the creeper. And it's this figure that starts off as a ball, um, turns into what looks like a human body crawling. Wait, and then the trans Allegheny. One? Yes. yes, yes. Okay, yeah, you we saw were that, right? Well, we were talking about this the last time you were on. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that you saw some kind of entity. Yeah. Creeping around. But it's funny because I, um, I went on YouTube one day and it popped up and I was like, Oh, well, I'll look at it. And I was reading the comments and somebody said something like, no, it's a bunch of rags that they, put together and made it look like that. I, I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> you did some puppetry. <laughs> yeah. You pulled yeah. out your Jim Henson. Yeah, yeah. We, we, have, uh, yeah. Yeah. we have puppeteers on the show. That's what nobody <laughs> knows about. Uh, but we, uh, I thought that was so interesting because I, I don't know how that would work. Um, but it was also yeah. like, I mean, I saw it and I, I didn't see it with my naked eye, but we watched the footage in real time, you know? Um, so it's, it, it was interesting to me that something so compelling 
there, there are people that are like, no, and I get it because honestly, I'd probably be the same way. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know? so hard with reality show, yeah. any kind of TV, especially, especially reality shows, you see so much that is so incredibly fake. Like, yeah. You know, not in necessarily a paranormal genre, but, you know, you watch some of these shows that you'd come to find out later, oh, yeah, we were faking that the whole time or whatever. And so it's given people a lot more to be skeptical about, I think, when it comes to these shows. Totally. And I think, um, honestly, I think skepticism is really healthy in this field. And I think that's something that not a lot of people know about me that I tend to lean more towards the skeptical side. And it goes back to what I was saying. It's not that I don't believe odd things, strange things happen. I, I really do believe that they happen, but I don't, I'm not convinced that we have the right reasons behind them. Um, you know, the, the right origin of them. Um, so that's where my skepticism comes into play. And I've also seen, I, I mean, I've, I've met people so many times where they just want to believe that it's something supernatural instead of really investigating to find out if there is something natural. And an example I'll give you of that, um, years ago, I worked with a couple who they were convinced they had a demon in their house. And, um, the, the one client had a very dark past. Um, and he was like, you know, I just think it's, it's come from that. And, uh, when we were doing our investigation, we didn't find any evidence of that. And, you know, I mean, look, we're only there for a couple of days, you know, so it, just because we didn't experience something in that short time frame doesn't mean that they're not experiencing something. But what I found interesting is that when we presented them, with our investigation, we're like, here's what we found, here's what we didn't find, here's what we think based off of our investigation. Um, we told them we didn't believe that they had a demon, that we thought it was actually a lot of real world, real world issues that they weren't dealing with, and that they were kind of blaming maybe just weird, like fluky things that, that can be explained by natural means in their house on the supernatural. And the response was, oh, I wish you were telling us it was a demon because now you're telling us it's something wrong with us. Mm. (laughs) And so like, you know, they didn't want to take on that responsibility of the issues that they were having in their own life. It was easier to say something outside of me is causing all of this. Well, yeah, Um, that's something we were talking about with Jack was like, there's people certainly in this world that think that just me being a drag queen makes me a demon, you know, Mm -hmm. or, you know, people that investigate paranormal are demons. Oh yeah. I think that (laughs) that word and that logic gets thrown around a lot. I think it does. Yeah. And it's the thing mm -hmm. I'm always talking about. I mean, I apologize to my listeners because I, I ponder this nonstop because I grew up Catholic and I don't identify as a Catholic anymore. And I don't know exactly what I believe, but it seems from what I hear from all this evidence that people give me that there are energies in this world that do not like Bible verses. <laughs> they do not like <laughs> holy water. They, for some reason, react in a way that it, is it because they're just annoyed by it? They just don't want to hear it? Or are they actually the, um, you know, it, the mortal enemy or, you know, the antichrist or, or whatever of, um, of the Bible and Christianity? I yeah. guess, I, I don't know what that's all about. What do you think? So, yeah. And that comes up a lot when you're working with um, specifically the Catholic church. Um, 
their part of their belief system is that these energies will react to your religious object. I'm sorry, religious objects, um, holy verses, things of that nature. And on investigations I've been on, it seems like that has happened before. So then what does that mean? Is it the actual words? Is it the actual objects? Is there some connection to, to all of that? Is the Catholic religion right? Um, or, and I think what we talk about in the paranormal field a lot is it's your, it's your power behind those things. Mm -hmm. If everything is energy, if, if, you know, these things are made out of some sort of energy that we just haven't really identified yet, or we don't understand how it's manifesting or working. And we're putting out our energy and we have a full belief behind the words we're saying and the objects we're using. Does that itself give it power and not oh, so much the tools you're using? Okay. So it's sort of um, the amount of energy and conviction and, and yeah. just belief in what you're doing is what can overpower those energies. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. We talk about that a lot and I, I would lean more towards that maybe being the case just because there's so many religions in the world and you know, it's, I mean, who says that the holy water is going to work versus the sage, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've, I've certainly seen, or it would appear that I've seen cases where they, they both work. So then what's the commonality in that? It's the person. Yeah. So when you get approached to do these cases, do you, do you have a preference out of demons or, or ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> one, like if you hear we've got a demon like we if someone says to you okay next weekend are you around you're like yeah and you're like okay we've got two cases we have a demon and then we have just your run-of-the-mill like victorian little girl ghost which one are you more excited about i guess it depends on the location because i'm always going to want to go to the location with running water or electricity <laughs> like <laughs> I'm sure. Have you yeah. dealt with that? Have you had places that are just like, oh my God. Like posh or like places that are like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to be here. Well, right. Either. I mean, have, have you had to deal yeah. with places that literally don't, like they're in the middle of nowhere and no one could hear you scream? Oh my God. Well, I'll tell you the one place I went to that was, oh man, the, this place was tough. It was, they had had all these, uh, it was an old hospital and I guess they had like pipes break or something because the first floor had been completely flooded. And um, I mean, they, they, they forgot to tell us that they had a bat colony living there too. So oh, <laughs> yeah, that's so, amazing. <laughs> so that was fun to find out in the, you know, at like 3am. Um, and I, I just remember the debris in the rooms were like, I'm five, four and they were about, the debris from like just the plaster falling down and the dust and the dirt was like just about up to my knees. Oh God. Yeah. It was a lot. And, uh, I remember that place didn't have a working bathroom. So they, they pulled in like a trailer for us or, you know, facilities. And I had to like blow my nose because I was getting like, you know, congested being in there and I blew my nose <laughs> and what came out was a little cloud of dust followed by blood <laughs> oh my god 
So, so yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not good for my health, you know? <laughs> God, there's probably like asbestos and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wait, but an- so answer my question. What do you, yeah. out of a ghost uh, What do I prefer? <laughs> oh, a ghost or a demon? Um, oh, if it just came down to that. And they're both going to be in places with running water and no bats. <laughs> um. It would depend on one of two things. I well, I I love history, so I think anytime I can dive into that, I'd want to do that. But also, I guess it would depend on who really needed the most help at that point for me. Oh, that's I know. Sweet. I'm so yeah, right. <laughs> no, but I really would. I I would go because that's where my training started. Was yeah. working predominantly with clients, and I think once you see, really, once you see how much this stuff takes a toll on somebody. Um, like, you know, it's like one of those things, once the curtain's been pulled back, you, you can never close it, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I I've seen just so many people that are, oh my gosh, their lives fall apart from this stuff. And even if it's, even if it doesn't turn out to be supernatural, you know, they're still having these experiences and, um, I, I, yeah, I would go to who needed, who needed that advocate for them. Do you do this kind of stuff not on camera nowadays? Yeah, I have. Um, it's normally been in like leading a group. If there's some sort of event going on, I'll do that. Or like just with a friend, if there's like a, a haunted place around. I do have a side group where we take submissions, but we very rarely take on a case. It's more um, it's more like advice, giving advice. Here's some steps you can take. Can we hook you up with a, a group in your area? We'll do that kind of stuff. Um, there's two reasons why I kind of stepped away from client-based cases for the most part. One is just time, to be honest. Like, you know, when I'm exploring bigger locations, and especially when you're working in the television aspect, again, like I'm, I'm not home for half the year. Um, so I don't really feel like it's fair to not be able to dedicate the time that's needed for a client case, because there is a lot of time that goes into that. Um, and with that, the second part of that is just burnout honestly, like when you're working on all these cases in such a short amount of time, like we do on a television show, like when I'm home, I just kind of need to step away from it. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't really think that's fair to a client if I were to take them on in the midst of all that. Yeah. Um, because then I, I don't think I would be able to serve them. So yeah, so it's mainly like advice and hooking people up with other things right now. Like we're, I'm sorry, with other groups and investigators in their area right now. That's the, well, that's very considerate of you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I talk a lot about ghost hunting and I have a little bit of experience, but I want to do it more. So what, what are, what's advice? What do you, what do you tell people that are like mm. interested in getting into it? How do, how do you even go about doing that? Yeah. So a couple things I would say, be sure you want to do it. Um, because I, there have been times where I have tried to leave it behind and I cannot, it pulls you in. It just, it gets in your blood and you, I don't know that you can leave it. What do you Um, mean? Like the job itself or like individual cases or what are you talking about? I think all of the above it's, you know, it's, again, it's one of those things once, once you have these experiences and the curtain has been pulled open, you can't forget that you had those experiences. You know what I mean? It, it, mm. it completely shifts the way you look at the world. And um, so I'd be really sure anybody who wants to get into it, I'd be really sure it's you, you want to go down that rabbit hole because it's 
woo, you're going to come out with more, more questions than answers. Um, but if you're sure of it, I would say do your research, um, figure out, you know, what areas you want to focus on. Is it UFOs? Is it hauntings? Is it, uh, do you want to go into more the, you know, darker side of a haunting or would, do you want to stick with the lighter stuff? Do you want to do locations? Do you want to do clients? Um, where do you want to fall in all of that? And if you are going to work with clients, I think people need to realize it's a really big responsibility because you will come across people who are suffering with medical um, ailments that are causing them to have hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, is there a psychologist you can work with? Are there doctors that you can refer them out to? Are you equipped to handle those type of conversations that are going to come up? Um, and I think the other big thing is to work with people you trust. So if you're going to work with a partner or start a group, um, you know, it's really important to surround yourself with people that can remain objective and that you can trust their eyewitness accounts. And I think the same goes for us as individuals because, you know, and I, I don't know if we can ever really strip our belief system away completely. I guess there will always be some element of that, but we really do have to check our belief system at the door when we're working on an investigation because we have to be open to all possibilities, even Mm -hmm. the possibility that this isn't supernatural. Yeah, because I think about, I feel like maybe I'm just generalizing, but I feel like most people at some point in their life watch a detective movie and they're like, I want to be a detective. And then Mm -hmm. life goes on. You're like, okay, well, I didn't become a detective. But I feel (laughs) like there's a part of paranormal investigating that's almost like that. Like, I feel like it can be when, especially when you can like solve something. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's an interesting way of getting to the bottom of something or whatever um, without like, dealing with um, being a detective. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. And I think what's funny is you find a lot of us in the field love history Mm -hmm. and we love genealogy and we love architecture and old houses. And um, I think, you know, it's funny. I think the two things that most ghost hunters have in common is we think outside the box and we love storytelling because right that's at the core of history that's at the core of genealogy and old houses and paranormal stories stories of of haunted houses it's it's a storytelling like wow that's fascinating and what is what was that like living through that and what was that like you know uh what was that person like who lived here and i think we all get really engrossed by that and it, you know, it bleeds into the paranormal for sure. Well, I also think like, since I am, I love history and I love, like, I think all the time about like, God, if I could go into the past and talk to this Mm -hmm. person and like, you can actually in ghost hunting, talk to somebody, it is believed um, Mm. from, you know, decades and, and uh, centuries ago. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you, I think about that too. How, is there a cutoff date for how long someone can be a ghost? I know it's like, (laughs) I know it's like different case by case, but I feel like there are, I feel like I don't hear much about ghosts from like the 1400s or something. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I, uh, when I was living in the UK, I had a day off and I was in Windsor 
and I went to, I, I don't know, it was my day off and I'm like, where are the ghosts, you know? And so like, I just, <laughs> I started just like talking to random people on the street. I'm like, uh, do you know where the haunted place is here? And everyone like would stop their entire day and tell me their ghost story. And it was such a fascinating difference between like talking to Americans who are like, mm, you're kind of weird. Leave me alone, lady. Versus <laughs> like, versus like, you know, the UK who, who part of their history is ghost stories. You know, you, you go yeah. on the tours of the old castles and everybody has a story of the ghosts. And um, they directed me to this one, this one building in Windsor. And I went to the building and I said, hello, um, I've been told this place is haunted. And it was so funny because they didn't even know me. They didn't even ask my name. Uh, they were Italian, very thick Italian accents. And they were like, oh my God. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> they just told me they're like, they took me on a tour and still had no idea who I was. <laughs> they were just like, they're like, come in. And they're like, we'll show you everything. And they told me all these stories. I'm like, okay. And um, which retrospect, maybe I shouldn't have done because I didn't know who these people were. And I'm like going in, into this, these basements alone with these people. But, um, you know, luckily nothing happened. They were very nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, I think maybe you, I think it maybe that's an American thing. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. Like, you know, does anybody ever see a ghost from, you know, 1000 AD? Yeah. You know, I I don't know. Um, they all tend to be from like, I guess, Victorian, colonial. Yeah. Kind of eras that we hear about. Can we talk about Portals to Hell? We totally can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen every single episode Aww. at least once. I love it so much. I, I just, I, I think... I mean, I love the genre, but I think especially as there's more shows, I think um, you you have more of a choice now of different approaches and mm. you know, who it's coming from, you know, who who is the host. And I think um, the two of you guys, I'm just, I love, because it's two people where I'm like, oh, I would be friends with these people. They have great sense of humor <laughs> and they have a really wonderful, open-minded approach to everything. So thank you. I love you guys. Um, what is, uh, we had a lot of listeners wanted, wanted to know, like, what's, you know, what's the scariest place this season or, you know, what's your favorite place you guys went to so far this season? This season. Um, oh, you know why? So I don't know if it was the scariest, but just because it's like a beautiful property, we went to this place in Colorado called, um, the Patterson mansion yes. and it was in Denver. Oh my gosh. It, they re lovingly restored it and it is gorgeous. And um, just so from like somebody who just like loves old house houses and history, that was my favorite. Yeah. And people can like stay there, right? Yes. It's a, it's a bed and breakfast and it is awesome. And I highly recommend it to anybody um, who's planning to travel to Denver. It's really just breathtaking. Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you my, this season, I think the mm -hmm. one that really, there was, I mean, it's hard to choose from a favorite, but one that I was like really into was the Thomas house hotel. Ooh, yeah. Uh-huh. That one. Well, first of all, we've got Michelle with the iconic, uh, fit, what do you call it? Um, blindfold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which she, I choose to believe um everything that she does and i believe you yeah. guys that is one of the most insane 
psychics I have ever seen in my life. She yep. is like, I think you, I've heard her, you guys say she's like a bloodhound or something. Like she, yep. it's insane. She is honestly, I, and I mean this with all the love in the world, but I'm like, Michelle, like, give me your brain so I can like study <laughs> yeah. it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what is going on with you? And um, she, she's funny. She just texted me the other day. I had something come through in an email that I was kind of waiting for. And um, it came in, I'm trying to remember the exact times. She had texted me at 7.09 and she's just like, hey, I just got this weird feeling that I need to say congratulations to you. Oh my God. And I was just like, oh, what the, what, what are you picking up on? And she's like, I don't really know. She's like, I can't get more information off of it, but I just had the weirdest feeling a couple minutes ago that I needed to text you. And then I had checked my emails after because it didn't like ping through. And at 702, that email had come through. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, Michelle, get out of my inbox, you know? Uh, but she, um, I can't remember if they kept this in the episode or not, but the Paulding Jail, it was our season opener for season two. Oh, with the bone. With the bone, yeah. We brought her in for that. And she is blindfolded and she puts her hand on Jack's shoulder because he's leading her through. And she goes, Jack, I don't know why this is important, but... I'm getting an image of your shirt. And he's like, okay. And she's like, and she described it perfectly. He was wearing this like plaid flannel and it had a couple different colors in it. And she just, I mean, perfectly described it colors and all. <laughs> and it's just, she's like, I don't know why that's important, but that's what's coming through. Um, so Michelle, I'm always impressed with the amount of detail she gets. Yeah. It, it's just so intricate and it's amazing to watch her work. Yeah, well, also in that Thomas House episode, there was that photograph that that woman, um, I want to say her name was Cherry. She had mm -hmm. this photo of her sister that yes. was like, I mean, you said on the episode, it's one of the best you've ever seen. And oh, yeah. the woman that I choose to certainly believe, uh, she just, to me, did not give off an air of a Photoshop expert that wanted to come fool everybody. Like that picture looked real it looked like a actual photo of her sister yeah scary. yeah and I've known them since 2008 or 9 um the the owners of that property and I mean Cherry is a very sweet logical woman from my experience with her and I believe the person who took that photo is somebody that she personally knows so it was it wasn't just somebody coming through you know that might have something to gain from from giving her a, a fake photo. Totally. Um, I, I believe it was like a close friend of hers, which would be like really messed up if they were like, oh, I'm just going to Photoshop your sister who just died. Like that yeah. would, that would be horrible. So, um, yeah. So I, I, I believe that was an authentic photo. Can I, uh, uh give you some listener questions? Sure. Okay. Uh, Tom is wondering, uh, Tom says, I know you've worked closely with psychics, Michelle. Do we say Bellinger? Is that yes, uh -huh. Bellinger. Michelle Bellinger, uh, Sarah Lam. Is it Lamos or Lemos? Lemos, I think. Lemos. Yes. Um, can you give us some insight on how important it is, or is it important to have them with you during investigations? Has it derailed your findings? Mm, interesting. So, I. I like bringing in psychics. I like working with them. I like working with psychics that I, I know, 
you know, um, I'm not a big fan of bringing in people I've never met before. Um, and what I have found is that they all kind of have their, their specialty. So like, for example, Chip is amazing working with people. Mm. He can, he can read a person like nobody I've ever met, you know, um, Michelle is incredible with detail. Like, you know, you have a historical case, like she, she's your girl. Um, so there, I always kind of explain it like they're ice cream, but just different flavors. And, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I don't know that it's derailed me ever. If I know them, I've certainly have worked on cases before where we bring in somebody we don't really know. And I don't think it's been helpful because then you don't have that trust. You don't have that rapport. Um, and you can't, you know, there, there needs to be that kind of energy happening, I think, for a really good reading to happen. Um, but I think more than anything, the times I've seen a psychic reading go bad is in the past when we've had clients meet the psychics. Only because when they hear that a psychic is coming through, it's like all the work we've done on the investigation goes out the window. Like everything we've said as objective people coming in doesn't matter because here's the psychic who's going to tell me everything. Um, So, yeah. So I would say anybody who's investigating, if you're working with clients, be really wary of that. And if you're going to bring in a psychic, make sure it's somebody you can trust and you know, that uh, maybe you've met a few times. And if you're working with a new psychic, I would have them give a reading on somebody just to kind of see how they work and how detailed they are and where they might best fit. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I was at a ghost hunt a couple months back and there was a psychic where when you say that they're all different kinds of ice cream flavors, <laughs> a couple months back I was at Whole Foods and I decided to try an ice cream that was made out of, it was a water based ice cream. Huh. It turned out to not be ice cream. And that's how I feel about <laughs> the psychic. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Lori is wondering, do you feel that the conditions on paranormal lockdown investigating exhausted made you more open to encounters? Yeah, I, that's a wonderful question because one of the things with lockdown people would always say to us was, well, if you're tired, then won't you be, you know, not thinking clearly and maybe delusional and, you know, um, which is a very fair question, by the way. Um, So what I always found interesting on lockdown though, was that you know, my camera's not tired. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm. And, uh, you know, my recorders aren't tired. So even if I'm tired, we're still getting things objectively. Mm -hmm. And so then that brings up that really interesting question of, is it because we're somehow tired? So our guard isn't always up? Yeah. Um, Or, which I lean more towards this, I think the more time you spend in a location, you're just upping the probability of capturing something, right? Yeah. Because we, we want to think that we have control over this stuff. I, I don't know that we do. I think there's been some, there's definitely been times and investigations I've been on where, you know, you call out to something and you get a reaction, but I don't know that that's always the case. There's certainly been other times where I haven't seen that, but mm-hmm. I think with lockdown, what was amazing is that the more time we spent, the more stuff we got. And we, we had a joke about it, you know, that we're like, oh, last night, that means all hell's going to break loose, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about people living in haunted houses, they're not looking for this stuff. You know, they're just going about their daily day, 
doing things and then something happens. And um, usually, uh, at least the people I've met, it, it doesn't happen the first night they move in. Yeah. You know, it's, well, when it you happens do, over time. When you do investigations for TV shows, how many days do you usually do? Like three or two? Like three or four days. Yeah. Three or four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another question. Uh, Chelsea writes, you always seem so much calmer than your male counterparts. <laughs> Just wondering what experience shook you the most. Uh, that's funny. Um, it, definitely the time I got scratched. I was oh, in England. Yeah. yeah. You told us that story. Yeah, that yeah. is not okay. Yeah, I wanted to cry. <laughs> what, cry what, and run. what show was that? That was Lockdown. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, here's another question. How does Katrina, or what does Katrina do to protect herself energetically before an investigation? Do you, do you do anything like that? Yeah. So I think if I'm feeling really nervous about going somewhere, I might, I might do a little prayer, a little sage or something like that. Um, that's, that's not the rule for me though. Honestly, the number one thing I do, I check myself. Uh, meaning, uh, who's negative in my life right now? Why are they there? <laughs> like, you mm. know, uh, what are the negative situations that I am somehow involved in? Okay, got to get rid of those. You know, it's um, really about making sure you're in the best space that you can possibly be in. And I think, you know, we're all guilty of it where negative people seep in and negative situations get attached to us. And um, I, I just don't, I, I don't think that serves us in any way. And especially doing this type of work, you really, you really can't be distracted by that kind of stuff or have that bring you down. Yeah. So it, it really is about making sure I'm in the best space I can possibly be in. But do you get scared going back to your hotel room when you're doing these investigations all day or all night? Oh, no, my hotel room's like the best place in the world afterwards. Oh, <laughs> like, really? Okay. Yes, I am like, oh, Lordy, I'm like, where's that vending machine? I will watch some <laughs> impractical jokers and then like, and then I go to bed. It's, it's amazing when you get back to the hotel room. Well, I heard you like to watch Golden Girls. Oh, I love Golden Girls. I, I do. I actually bring, it's funny, I bring, um, I have a portable DVD player that I bring on the road and I'll bring a, like a season of the Golden Girls. And I'll play it in the morning because I don't, so I don't have like hype music in the morning. I have like, I get hyped by watching the Golden Girls in the morning. That's like my like, yeah, let's tackle the day, you know? <laughs> we are running out of time. So I got to get to some ghost voices. You want to hear some? Oh, yes. Okay. I'm horrible uh, at these, but yes, go ahead. It's time for EVPs or EV please. Okay. So I go to YouTube and I look for EVPs and I want you to guess what you think you hear or what the investigators believe they heard. And then I'll give you some options. Okay. So I wanted to go to two different places that you guys went to on this season of Portals to Hell on the Travel Channel. And the first one is from GCP Guy on YouTube and it was Grave Concerns Paranormal, their investigation of the Ohio State Reformatory. Oh, that place is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> what is this ghost saying? It's sort of a whisper. I'll play it again. Okay. I hear what they're talking about. I, I cannot make that out at all. Okay. I'll give you some options. Okay. Is it A... Come close. <laughs> B, dumb ghost. 
C, call the guards, or D, Glenn Close. <laughs> Play it one more time. <laughs> one more time. Let me listen to that. It's Glenn Close. It has to be. Right? I'm going to say, I mean, it's got to be D. Glenn Close. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's come close, which I can hear. Um, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Katrina, is that an EVP or an EV please? Oh man. Um well I couldn't really hear it, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say EV please. But I will say if people want to go to uh GCP guy on YouTube, I think you could hear it better on your own computer. Um, because right now I'm literally just holding up my microphone to my computer. <laughs> um, okay, here's this is from Agape Love 490, and this is at the Thomas House. And it's a person named Becca with their boyfriend. They're walking around at night and um, they uh, hear this. Oh. Interesting. That wasn't them, huh? No. Here, I'll play one more time. I think it's the saying, oh my God. That sounds like it. Here's some options. Is it A, Uber driver? <laughs> B, you should jump. C, you will die. Or D, ooh, chocolate. <laughs> One more time. Can you play it? Do it again. I'm going to go with C. You will die. Well, you know, what's funny is that they said you will die. But then one of the other investigators said, I think it's, oh, my God. So. Oh, I, interesting. Yeah, that's an EVP right there. Yeah, I would say I would say EVP. <laughs> <laughs> well, gosh, I could talk to you for hours. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Aww. Well, thank you so much for having me again. I always love talking to you. You ask great questions. Oh, thank you for coming back on. Um, tell people what is going on, where they can find you and all that stuff. Sure. So I'm at home. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, no, but you know, just on social media and stuff, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, Katrina Weidman. And that is uh, my last name is spelled like we ID man. So it's an easy way to remember it. And um, we just actually did. It was a really cool if people want to check it out. Um, Travel Channel did a panel of uh, four of us from different travel channel ghost hunting shows um, about uh, it was four of us women from from the shows just kind of talking about the field and that was through comic cons at home platform um, which is still on youtube so if you look for wonder women's superstars of the paranormal it's there and we we delve into a lot of different topics if people want to check that out that's that was a pretty interesting panel um, and other than that, I'm just on social media and hanging in there like everybody else and, you know, getting through this. Thank you, Katrina. That gave me so much insight into that thing that I'm always talking about with like demons and Christianity. And she got me thinking a lot about that. And uh, I'm very grateful for her for offering that insight. So make sure you're checking out Portals to Hell and everything that Katrina does because she really knows what she's talking about and I adore her. 
So thank you guys so much for listening. We've got episodes coming out every week. Make sure you're subscribed. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really helps when you give a review, and I love reading the reviews. You guys are so sweet, and I definitely read them. Um, join the Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Drasfalaz. And if you have a ghost story, you can leave it there or in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And... I want to do a listener episode very, very soon, so send me those ghost stories at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com with the subject line, listener episode. You can find me on Venmo Queen Roz, Instagram Roz Dresfales. I'm even on Cameo for your personalized video needs. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.